0: Hi Boomers! Hannah and Melissa here. We wanted to introduce our first episode of Student Voices, a new series part of Biomechanics on Our Minds. You told us that you wanted more student perspectives and this series is just for that. By students and for students. So while you're hearing us now, the remainder of this episode and future episodes will be entirely run by other students. Sometimes it'll be students talking to experts and other times students talking to students, answering the questions that you are curious about. So enjoy this new Boom series, Student Voices, and the new accompanying music, which is extra just like us. And if you have an idea for an episode of Student Voices, or if you want to host your own episode, reach out to us at biomechanicsonourminds at gmail.com or send us a tweet at biomechanics OOM. Welcome to Student Voices, a series from biomechanics on our mind. My name is Grace Kelleher, and I'm a master's student at the University of Florida in the Department of Applied Physiology and Kinesiology. I wanted to get a better idea of what graduate school life is like, so today I have the pleasure of talking with Scott Ulrich, a PhD student at Stanford University. you mind telling me a little bit about yourself and what you do at Stanford and what kind of line of research you're in?
1: I did my undergraduate degree at Baylor University in Waco, Texas, and then spent a couple summers working at a medical device firm in Boulder, Colorado. And after finishing undergrad, I came straight out to Stanford for a master's degree and continued on with the PhD in Scott Delp's neuromuscular biomechanics lab. My current research is um, I guess generally i'm I'm interested in non-surgical rehabilitation treatments for people with uh, various types of musculoskeletal pathologies and currently i'm working with individuals with knee osteoarthritis um, coming up with and deploying um, gait modification strategies to reduce the loading in their knee Um, so we use biofeedback to teach people to change either their kinematics or their coordination strategy to reduce their knee loading and, and hopefully improve their pain and slow the progression of their disease so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing um, in graduate school
0: i'm a uh, first year master's student definitely not as far along in my education as you are like i said i'm at the university of florida and i also did my undergrad there i actually just finished up in may so jumped right in i do clinical biomechanics research under dr chris haas and Our lab focuses on locomotion and balance in pathologic populations, especially movement disorders and people with Parkinson's disease, and also healthy aging. And then I'm really interested in more complex locomotor tasks like obstacle crossing and backward walking and fall prevention. So I guess we can jump right in with some questions (laughs) that I have for you because this whole grad school thing is kind of a new area (laughs) for me. So much to learn and there's so many things I want to know
1: yeah sure it's one of those things that I feel like once you get good at it you don't need to be good at it anymore so it's always good to ask questions of, of people that you know that have, are a couple years ahead of you so
0: I always like asking people why they decided to go to grad school so what made you or why did you decide that you wanted to go get a master's get a PhD why didn't you stop after undergrad
1: yeah, that's a good question. I think it was it was a combination of, of a lot of factors, but um, I spent some time in undergrad um, doing research with a, a professor at Baylor, um, and we were doing fluid dynamics research um, with applications for geophysics and um, oil drilling and that sort of thing. Uh, so that was a great experience. And then I spent a couple of years working at a medical device company um, in Boulder called Covidian. They recently got bought out by Medtronic. So I got to work in the med device world and a little bit in the research world, and I enjoyed both of those experiences. I loved research, the open-endedness of it, getting to pursue uh, really interesting questions that you know that might not be profitable in the next six months, like like sometimes might have to happen in industry. And I I knew that I would probably like teaching, but what I saw in the the medical device world was that a lot of the people doing the work that I thought was super interesting, so the the R and D work, people who were in kind of the new product development world that were defining the direction of the company. Those folks had definitely a master's and a handful of them had PhDs. So I kind of put that all together and said, you know, I, I might like the academic research route, um, definitely interested in industry, but either way, it seemed like a professional degree was was something that I wanted to, to land in either in the places that I wanted in either of those. But I really wanted to try my hand at you know, biomedical research. I hadn't had in the academic setting. hadn't quite had that combination. So I was super excited to come out to Stanford and do that. And I um, was really fortunate to get to work with Scott Delp. Um, so where we get to do both experiments as well as musculoskeletal simulations, and I get to work with folks in radiology and um, just learn a ton of different approaches to solving these important uh, biomedical questions. So um, as far as the kicking me from the the master's to the Ph.D., I, I don't know that I can. Pinpoint an exact moment when that happened. I think it was some combination of really enjoying the lab that I was in, procrastinating on making life decisions on if I wanted to go into academia or not. Yeah. (laughs) So, so kind of inertia in that. And then, and then probably just the recognition that I could get a job in either industry or obviously I would need a PhD for academia, but I could still get a job in industry if I had a PhD. So I kind of stuck around and I'm glad I did.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I also did research as an undergrad and like was able to get that experience. And like you, I loved the open-endedness of it so much. And I liked coming in and trying to answer questions that we didn't quite have the answer to yet. And I also was trying to procrastinate life decisions. I thought maybe I had wanted medicine and then decided kind of last minute, like, no, actually, I think think I want to go to grad school and do more of a master's or PhD route, which is how i ended up where i am right now all right so this is definitely something that's been on my mind lately because i have just started my program but how did you handle your transition from being an undergrad to being a grad student and do you have any advice on how to make that transition a little bit easier
1: sure so i'll just relay on a a piece of advice that i got early in my graduate career that um, has been super helpful for me Um, so I sat down with a professor, um, David Camarillo, during my first quarter, um, and he told me, he said, you know, if you're not getting a few B's in your graduate coursework, you might be doing something wrong. Um, You might be focusing too much on your coursework and too little on your research. Um, and at first, I was kind of appalled by this. I wasn't quite sure what to think, but it, it really makes a lot of sense. You know, it's a good litmus test for if you are um, really focusing on the things that are important for at least a research-based master's and PhD program. Maybe this isn't quite as good advice for just a coursework-based master's. Um, but in undergraduate, you know, your job is to, to understand content, certainly, but to do well on your problem sets and your projects and your tests. And these are all really nicely compartmentalized and well-defined things. And if you do those things, you're succeeding um, but when you get to a PhD it's it's a little bit different um, you know your job certainly is to gain technical depth and breadth within your field and, and that can be done through coursework but a lot of the PhD is is learning to swim in this ambiguous, space of research, you know, and so you learn to identify salient needs in the field and and from that to come up with really good answerable questions, and then you learn the techniques to answer those questions. And once you've answered them, you learn how to communicate them to your peers and to the to the world. And um, these skills don't necessarily come straight out of undergrad. And they're not also a lot of times coming straight out of your coursework in, in a grad program. So I think the temptation in graduate school is, you know, when we're uncomfortable with this ambiguity, we might instead of pushing through that, we might just sit down and spend a bunch of time doing a problem set and getting 110% on it because it's comfortable to do this well-defined thing. But I guess my suggestion is that instead of getting 110% on your problem set, maybe get an 85%, understand the material, but spend less time on it and, and use that saved time to, to continue working on, on gaining some of those research skills, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, that transition was hard for me and I know for, for some other people. What, what have you found in your transition to i guess you've been at the same school so that um, may have helped the transition but how have you found the transition to be
0: yeah definitely being in the same place has been helpful because i don't have to like acclimate to a new university a new department i kind of already have an idea of how things work and i already know people and know what's going on around me it's definitely been that more of a mental transition like you said like it's not just about the grade anymore like the grade is nice but it's really about you know, learning new skills and it doesn't have to be all about doing well in the classroom. That's what I've I mean, I've only been in school for three weeks now, but it's definitely slowly starting to learn that it's a lot more what are you doing outside the classroom because that matters just as much and if not more than what you're doing inside the classroom.
1: I found this doesn't work for everybody, but I I found for me like setting up physical spaces with Boundaries was super helpful. So like, you know, I put in my calendar when I was going to show up in the lab and when I was in the lab, I didn't do homework. Um and then, you know, I do my homework at my desk in my apartment or whatever. But uh, that helped me keep boundaries because when you're like sitting in lab and you're like, what do I do today that will get me closer to this ambiguous PhD? Like that's uncomfortable. And it's super tempting to be like, why don't I just do problem two on my problem set? That would be more efficient. Anyway, so just the physical spaces helped me a
0: lot. Yeah, I liked how you mentioned being uncomfortable. I think what I'm starting to get an idea of grad school is a lot of being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because you're not always going to have the answer to everything. (laughs) And (laughs) um, that's just something that you have to deal with in undergrad. Undergrad, every question you get asked, there's always one right answer. And in grad school, from what I can tell so far, that's not always the case. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Did you have any preconceived notions about grad school and what it was going to be like that turned out to be completely untrue?
1: In retrospect, this somewhat irrational fear that if I decided to go to grad school, I was like foregoing the possibility to have any fun in my 20s, slave to the PhD or something. (laughs) I I don't know exactly why I thought that, but I think that couldn't have been less true. Um, you get to travel to super cool places for collaborations and conferences and um, still have the flexibility to go hang out with, with family or friends if they're in different places. And uh, I think for me, like the biggest thing that proved that wrong was how much fun that I've had just learning from like some of the smartest people in the world. You know, my advisor lab, there's a lot of awesome stuff going on here. But if I want to learn about statistics, some of the people that invented some really cool statistical methods are here on campus and it, when I want to learn about radiology there's some experts there and you know just any anything you want to learn about there's somebody who's an expert in it and I'm sure that's the same is true at Florida so that's that was like a something I wasn't expecting but a big surprise is just how much I enjoyed getting to whenever there was something I wanted to learn I could find someone to learn it from and that's very satisfying to me.
0: One thing I didn't appreciate as an undergrad is that I am surrounded by the smartest people, that, like leading experts in their fields. And if I had any questions about anything, like any of them could answer it because they're just that awesome. And I'm really realizing now, and I don't think that's something i really thought about much when I was an undergrad.
1: You know, you seem a little bit ahead of the game for, you know, a first year grad student and understanding what you want to do and what you're interested in. And But as you're formulating those things and figuring out what you want to be an expert in... You know, just talking to those people and learning about their experience and why they became an expert in what they did. I think that those are good data points as you define what is Grace going to be an expert in by the end of grad school.
0: So kind of on the opposite end of that question, is there something you learned or or experienced during your time in grad school that you didn't expect?
1: organization and time management was something I thought that I was good at in undergrad. You know, I, I was able to keep all my homework assignments and all all those things in my head. Um, but when I got to grad school, there was just too much going on and meeting with people and all this stuff. And so learning how to like schedule my time and also like defend my time so that, you know, I wasn't always off. You know, I had time to sit down and do research and time to be in a quiet place where I could be creative and and that kind of thing. So I think just a, a little bit was learning about myself and learning um, how I work well, you know, and learning the spaces I need and, and the times of day and all of that. Uh, but also just learning how to, to be organized and efficient. You know, you, you have to structure your time to achieve these kind of long term goals. And yeah, I, I wasn't expecting maybe how challenging that was going to be, but it's, it's a good thing to learn about yourself.
0: I know work-life balance is something that everyone is trying to achieve no matter what area they're in, whether they're a student or an industry or a faculty member, but do you have any advice on how a grad student can try and maintain a work-life balance or maybe what you do to try and maintain a work-life balance for yourself?
1: That's a great question, and I think it's a question we should keep asking ourselves at different life and career stages. For me, I think one of the biggest things is just keeping things in perspective. So I think it's tempting to let our emotions rise and fall with the results or progress or lack thereof in our research, um, but just keeping, for me, my identity rooted in something a little bit more solid just helps keep me a little more even keel. So I'm a Christian. And for me, that means that my identity is rooted deeply in my faith and doesn't have to do with the success or failure of my research. So that's super helpful. But just, again, keeping our work in perspective. Um, and a- another part of that is is spending time with people who aren't necessarily in your department or, or line of work. My wife is a social worker. So we come home and talk about um, the foster care system instead of joint moments all night. And for me, that's helpful too. Um, again, zoom out a little bit and and put things in perspective. Uh, And then obviously, just taking time to do the things that you love. And, um, you know, whether that's going to the gym or dancing or playing music or, you know, spending good time with friends, whatever that is. Uh, For me, I love to go biking. And that sometimes helps me just clear my mind entirely. And sometimes allows me to get out of the minutia of day to day lab work and come up with creative ideas that I I can't come up with when I'm kind of in the the midst of the details. Why don't don't you tell us a little bit about your um, work-life balance strategies? And do you think those are going to change at all as you enter grad school?
0: When I was an undergrad, I would do a lot of, after a certain time of day, I would put all of my work down and just do things that I enjoy doing, whether that be hanging out with friends, going to the gym, going for a run, um, going to a sporting event anything like that. Because I have the type of personality where if I don't set the boundary and say, okay, after this time, I'm going to stop working on something, I will keep working on it. And it'll be like two, three o'clock in the morning. And it's like, all I've done today is work and I haven't you know taken a break. So definitely trying to keep that up. And I also try to schedule times where I meet with my friends or hang out with my friends who aren't in this field and who have outside of what I talk about all day long and what I'm studying all day long. Just so, like you said, I'm not having conversations about like joint moments and angles all day long. And I get a little bit of a break, a little bit of time to like do other things. (laughs) What's one thing you wish you had known before you started grad school?
1: That's a good question. Um, This isn't going to be super insightful. I wish I knew how to code in C++. I knew a lot of MATLAB coming in, but we... Our our lab develops OpenSim, a modeling platform for musculoskeletal simulations. And anyway, that code base is in C++, and there's an API for different for Python and, and MATLAB that are super useful. But it's more powerful to know how to to work in C++ to work with that. And there's been a lot of other applications that I just wish I had a better coding background. And I've never just I've never quite taken the time in grad school to go back and get super proficient at a lower level language like that. I just stick in my comfort of MATLAB and Python.
0: So if you could go back in time, what advice would you give yourself during your first year of grad school other than maybe learn C? <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: something maybe more insightful than that. I think I think for me, just finding mentors that are where I wanted to be in the future. You know, so I, I don't know. Ex- you seem like you have a pretty good idea of, of where you're headed. I, I was less defined in that. But, um, you know, I wasn't sure if it was industry or academia. And I, what I wish I'd done was just go find some people in those places and um, pick their brains on why they chose what they chose and, and what they were glad they did during their graduate career to, to help get them there. Um, I feel like I kind of just pursued things that seemed interesting or, I don't know, motivating at the time, but it would have been nice to be a little bit more strategic about that. And I think mentors can help with that.
0: That's great advice. And like I do have an idea of what I'm interested in and maybe what I want to do, but I'm really not entirely sure, which is why I'm here. And I really want to learn as much as I can from as many people as I can while I'm here. So I think that's great advice. And I will definitely keep that in mind and start reaching out to some other people in my department and across campus that maybe has some expertise or some experience that I'm interested in, but never really thought to talk to them about it.
1: Sorry if you already mentioned this, but um what are you interested? Are you for sure wanting to go into academia or are you not quite sure if that's the end goal?
0: I'm not quite sure. I don't really that's why I'm I'm doing this master's program to kind of figure out, you know, well what do I want to do next? Because I know like I like biomechanics and I like the work that I've done in the lab, but I don't know exactly what I want to do after this program. So I'm taking it, I'm calling it my uh, victory lap and I'm taking this next year or two to figure out kind of what I want to do and then learn as much as I can to help me get there. I really want to, I'm, I'm a sponge is how I'm describing during this program i just want to take it all in and then once i i have it you know kind of figure out from there what i want to do next
1: i think one thing that was super helpful to me in that stage of deciding you know what was next was just it's kind of awkward at first and that's probably why i didn't do a lot of it but just finding people that i knew you know people who are in industry that that may have they got their phd or didn't get their phd and just talk to a a bunch of people in all of the potential places and it, it surprisingly brought a lot of clarity to like oh i think i would like that about what they do or not like that about what they do and it makes it a little bit less abstract what your life might look like if you make some of those choices so i think it's helpful to get off campus and, and to chat with people who are actually in those roles and and, and our academic mentors are super helpful too and, and you know a good resource for what it looks like to continue on in academia, um, but it's good to get a, an industry perspective too.
0: That's great advice and it's not something I ever really thought about. I feel like sometimes I get stuck in this, I call it the UF bubble. I'm only thinking about kind of what's going on immediately around me and not really thinking too much past that. So what are some things you would suggest a first-year grad student do to make the most out of their experience?
1: We talked about this a little bit earlier, but you know we're surrounded by experts in so many different fields, and collaborating is is one of the things I've I've enjoyed most about my time, and and um, is something I'm thankful that I did. You know I, I I get to learn about musculoskeletal biomechanics in my group, and like I mentioned, I get to work with folks in radiology um, who do musculoskeletal radiology, and I get to work with um, you know, experts in more like solid mechanics modeling and, and understanding tissue mechanics of bone and soft tissue. And um, anyway, I I just love getting to to learn from these people, and it, it's fun to kind of put our skill sets together. And it, at the end of a a collaboration, to realize like bringing that all together, we've we've done something that was bigger than any one of us could have done, just because we had people from different fields. Um, So I think that's one of the big benefits of the academy is that you have such a diverse set of experts all in one place. But once you come to some clarity about that, like be strategic in in what you become an expert in. Um, I think in undergrad, we, I don't know if this was your experience at UF, but we had this like course sheet, this little flow chart, right? And like you take thermo one and then you take thermo two and then you take heat transfer. It's just like this Somebody planned it all out for you and you just do it um, because that's what uh, you weren't mechanical engineering. I'm sorry. But, um, anyway, you know, you have this trajectory of courses and and in grad school, you get to pick that. Right. So um, I think just once you decide what you want kind of tailor your experience in grad school to meet those those goals and that's again another place where the mentors can plug in and say hey it would be really great if you knew how to do x y and z I don't know. So I wasn't particularly strategic in my first couple of years and that's something that I regret. So figuring out what the end goal might be and making a roadmap to get there I think could could be helpful.
0: Yeah, that's definitely something I've been struggling with recently is I was so used to in undergrad like we had someone telling us exactly what courses you needed to take and in what order. And I get to grad school and they're just kind of like, take whatever as long as you meet these requirements. And I'm like, oh, so there's there's really no one telling me like, you have to take this course this semester or you won't graduate. It's really up to me. And that was surprising to me. I, wasn't, I didn't expect that. And so it's definitely been something I've been trying to navigate recently. It's like, I have so much more freedom than I could have ever expected in terms of my education.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of shocking. And, the, and there's people care that you succeed, but they're not there to tell you what to succeed in, you know, and that's up to you to decide what's going to define grace academically and as a professional, wherever you go, like what's going to be your your skill set. And that's, that's exciting. I think it's a super cool opportunity, but it's I agree with you. It's kind of surprising when it, when it <laughs> comes at you.
0: If you could change anything about your grad school experience, what would it be?
1: I My primary dissertation project is is kind of a, it's a long-term clinical trial. And yeah, it's been going for four years. And we basically did most of the engineering work in the first year. And then the rest of it is just bringing people into the lab that... You know, we do gate training for them and so there were some years there in the middle that were pretty repetitive i guess and i didn't feel like i was learning a lot and then i think somewhere in my fourth year i went to to scott my advisor and was like hey this is i'm not learning i, I don't have the time to learn things and it's it's getting kind of repetitive and in a matter of like five minutes he had come up with a couple of super good ideas on how we could you know make that better and we were able to bring on some more folks onto the project to help out with some of the some of the gate visits and and that freed me up to do some other things and yeah that was like the most impactful 15 minutes of my entire graduate career and i waited until like my fourth year to have that conversation so you know I, i think just being willing to ask people for help when you need it um and they might not have the answer but maybe they do. I think it takes humility to, to talk to your advisor or whoever else and say, hey, this isn't working or I'm struggling with this. What do you think? And you know, that's why they're advisors is they've, they've advised a lot of students and they've seen what it looks like to, to make it through a master's program or a PhD program. And so just you know, leverage their knowledge and leverage you know, their desire and willingness to help you succeed. And I wish I'd done that sooner.
0: Definitely. Something I will be keeping in the back of my mind. Because even in undergrad, I was the person who like struggled to ask for help. I never wanted to, unless I got to a point where I was like, I I really can't do this on my own. I guess I should finally ask someone for help. Where if I had asked someone, you know, much earlier, my life would have been a lot easier, a lot less stressful than it had been. So trying not to repeat that pattern again in grad school. So I'm glad to hear you say that like do it. It's okay to ask for help. Like, that's why people are here to help you.
1: Yeah. And and I I think it brings people a lot of joy to get to help too. You know, I've got, and I'm sure you'll, you either have already or will find these people, but I get to work with some postdocs in our lab and and staff members. And I, you know, I I think a big reason some of them do what they do is because they they really enjoy, you know, and my advisor, like all of the more experienced researchers in our group really enjoy helping people, you know. And so it's it's not like you're a burden to, to ask a question or to ask for guidance or say, hey, this isn't working. So I think people find a lot of satisfaction in getting to, to help you succeed.
0: Kind of my last question, hopefully ending things on a good note, is what three words would you use to describe your time in graduate school?
1: Oh man, do I get to describe them or do I just have to just drop the words.
0: I'll leave it up to you. Whatever you want to do.
1: Well, yeah, we've been on this topic, so I'll just summarize it. I think one word is just mentors. I'll give them a little bit of description. I, I I'm super thankful for, like I said, the the postdocs and staff members in, in our group and um, elsewhere that you know spend so much time like helping me and, and helping other other grad students. I think that's that's been like defining reason for my positive experience here that's one word humbling would be another word it's really good to learn that there's a lot of people that are way smarter than you Um, and there's always someone who's smarter than you or better than you at at something and that's great you're you know we're all good at at something um, and and bring a lot to the to the conversation but it's it's grad school has definitely been humbling in that and i would say i've I think the last thing about grad schools, it's been very clarifying for me, um, you know, and, and just I came in not knowing exactly what I wanted to do. And, and in, yes, it has been a while. But in five years, I've, I've found a lot of clarity in, in what I enjoy doing and what I hope to do in the future. And the ambiguity at the beginning, I think, gets better by the end. So what are the three, what are the three words that describe what you hope to get out of graduate school?
0: Okay. Well, I also hope it's clarifying because I'm here because I don't exactly know what I want to do next. And so I'm really hoping that by the end of my program, I will have a better idea of what I want to do and where I want to go and will have gotten the skills to help get me there. I think, or I hope it'll be like mind opening. Um, there's so much information that I want to learn that I haven't learned yet. And so I'm hoping that I will be able to to learn all of those things by the time i'm done i think maturity would be the last thing um i really hope that i grow as a person as a student as a researcher and that by the end of my master's degree i'm a more mature more well-spoken more educated person than i was when i started
1: (laughs) awesome those are those are all very achievable things Mm -hmm. It'll be fun to, to go back and, and listen to this once you've graduated and I'm sure that you will that you will see more clarity and you'll have learned a ton. So cool. Well, thank you so much, Grace. That was, that was super fun.
0: I like really appreciate hearing your perspective and your thoughts and all the advice that you've given. It's definitely given me things to think about as I continue on and just a new perspective.
1: Awesome. I think no good boom podcast would be, would be completed without a one, two, three boom. <laughs> All right. Boom on three. One, two, three. Boom. Wow. Who do I hear? Voices. Student is me. Voices. Student voices. voices. Voices.
0: Thanks for listening to student voices, a series by biomechanics on our minds by students and for students. If you have an idea for an episode of Student Voices, or if you want to host your own episode, please reach out to us at, biomechanics, at gmail.com or tweet at us at biomechanicsoom. We'd love to hear from you. Let's keep these conversations going. Bidda boom,
1: Bidda boom. Bidda boom. Bidda boom.